0: Episode seventy nine of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world. Um, the new Nickelodeon Smash clone game. <laughs> which I uh, am genuinely excited for. I I yeah, I am really interested in seeing like
1: how that comes out. Yeah. Especially with you and Jeff like being so into Smash and knowing a ton about it. I feel like it's cool to like know like someone that will be like, oh yeah, like this. You know, they're doing this cool stuff, or you know, this yeah. stuff is shit. And yeah,
0: I mean, not it's not only is it actually from the little we know about it shaping up to be a pretty good Smash clone because the guys who made this made Slap City, which is uh, it, it was like an indie Smash clone a while ago. Platform fighter is the term for the genre. Oh, okay. Uh, but they made it a while ago, and a lot of smash players like revere it as being one of the better made, uh, smash games. Um, and so not only is it like looking to be a pretty good smash game, but in terms of the, smashness of it with the collection of characters. It's actually really cool. Like they're yeah. not just doing like the new dumb Nickelodeon characters or whatever, but Reptar is in there. Uh fucking Nigel Thornberry. Like yeah. you know, a bunch of SpongeBob characters and I'm Zim is there. Um Danny Phantom, you know, so and like original design turtles or like old uh design turtles.
1: They um, definitely know their audience with this
0: one. Yeah. So like there's uh Powder <laughs> Toastman from what is that, Ren and Stimpy? Uh, or or what show? Rocco's Modern Life? One of them. I haven't seen them. Yeah, so something. All I know is that it's a, uh, it's an old character. So, like, it's it's really exciting. I'm very excited for this. And it comes out in like, did it only say this year or was it like October? I don't remember.
1: Oh, I didn't even know, remember if there was a date on it. Yeah. I just saw like the announcement trailer. Uh,
0: it just says 2021 for now. Yeah. But regardless, I'm uh, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> um and video games. Uh joining I'm did I say my name already? I don't remember. My name is Andrew Ross. I'm the host. Uh joining me today is Derek Wiseman. Well, hello. Yeah, we're uh we're talking about Assassin's Creed. We're talking about Assassin's Creed 3 specifically. Uh it's about goddamn time cuz it's I, I don't <laughs> even remember when I beat this game. I posted yeah. I, re, I remember the reviews on the GG app don't have dates, but I reviewed it before. Let's see. Before Loop Hero. Wow. So, so it's, it's been, been a little while, a but after months. after it takes two though, so it's been a fair a fair while. Yeah. Um. But we're <laughs> we're doing it. So Assassin's Creed Three is the um the last game in the the Desmond saga of Assassin's Creed games. Um I was about to go into a whole spiel about it before I remembered that we're, we we got to do our one tidbit thing oh, yeah. or whatever well, that. I was just talk telling you about uh do you what's what's your thing, Derek? What do you what do you got?
1: Uh so I think I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast, but I think I mentioned this in passing um a while back. But in in between like being on i played the entirety of uh days gone oh yeah and uh it 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 was a pretty cool game Um, uh, but i feel like it's like the it's the naughty dog ex- exclusive that nobody talks about is it a naughty dog game yeah oh no sorry a playstation exclusive that oh nobody just talks just about. playstation i was like wow yeah i was like, uh,
0: wow. uh, I was like if uh, it was naughty dog i feel like it would have been much more high profile.
1: Right. Well, because it's completely overshadowed, I feel like, by The Last of Us.
0: Yeah. Because well, uh, it kind of has the same, like, you know, energy, right?
1: It's that. So it's completely different, right? So, like, oh, okay. The Last of Us is, like, you know, this, like, great, huge story-driven game that just happens to take place in a zombie apocalypse, where, like, the zombie apocalypse is, like, the forefront of the plot in this game and is like what drives you f- forward. So like, unlike the last of us where the plot is kind of more follows the character growth of Ellie and, and uh, Joel as they go on this journey and like, yeah, like the whole thing's about like, they might cure the, the, they right. have a cure or something. It's, it's not really, you, you forget kind of about that as you're, as you go on the journey where, and days gone, like the entire plot is mostly just about surviving. Yeah. Like every everything you do, every story, most of the things story related are just like you're doing things for these, you know, village or towns that exist. And there's kind of like this overarching plot that involves uh, trying to find your wife who you Mm -hmm. got separated from at the beginning of the. uh, The the beginning of the apocalypse or whatever, so it's it's pretty interesting. I feel like people are like, oh, it's just the same as The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'm not gonna play it, but it goes in a completely different direction and takes its gameplay in a, an entire different direction, and uh, I think it's definitely worth a play. Yeah, like especially yeah, I mean, it's I... been
0: uh, it's been sitting in my you know PlayStation catalog for ages with the uh, the PlayStation Plus collection, right? So it's like that's what...
1: I just was eventually like, you know what, I'm gonna play it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna start playing it, and if I don't like it, I'll turn it off, and if I do like it, I'll. You know i'll keep playing it and i ended up playing the entire i thought about platinuming it because it's definitely possible Mm -hmm. um but at that point i had played it for so like because it's a long game i played it so much i was just like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna put it down because the last few things i had to do would have been like time consuming
0: yeah that's the, uh, that's I, that's always the deterrent for me when I like right. figure if I'm gonna platinum games or not. It's like how long would it take me to get like four trophies? Or I yeah. guess it it also depends on how close I am when I beat the main story. You know, like I noticed in like I was really considering platinuming Dark Souls one when I played it, but some of the trophies in that are like obtain every weapon of this kind or like get yeah. every ring in the game, and I'm like I would have to replay the entire game four times to do this.
1: Right, and you have to that like you have to do research, It's like all right, where are all these
0: items? And yeah, it, and yeah, some of them are like random drops, so it's like all right. that stuff. Pretty much, you know, sells me on not platinuming a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think I left it installed, so I might finish it up. I might not. Um, what was? Uh, oh, the one thing. It so the reason I think the main reason I wanted to like got into playing it was everyone was so uh, upset that the... The sequel, like, was not existent The sequel was basically, like, canceled, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and now down. I'm kind of like... I was like, well, like, it didn't do that well. That's why. And then I've played it. I'm like, damn. I kind of <laughs> wish there was another game coming. Yeah, So, right? I don't know. Maybe Bend will get, after their next game, they'll get another shot to go back to the, uh, the Days Gone universe. Yeah. Uh, especially with it coming out to PC, maybe... Uh, Sony will see, like, hey, actually, people do kind of like this IP, and so yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know, man. Jason Schreier kind of said the Days Gone sequel doesn't exist and will never exist. So yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, maybe one day it will. <laughs> yeah, one day he'll allow it. <laughs> um, well, that's that's cool. I re- I remember that you said that you were playing it, but I I uh, don't actually know anything really about it. But I might give it a try someday. Um, my my one game, I guess, is Dark Souls 2, which I have recently picked back up. Uh, I'm on vacation this week from work, so I'm kind of just sitting at home doing nothing. Um, and so I figured the last thing, the last time I had a vacation, I played a shit ton of Dark Souls 1. So this vacation, I want to play Dark Souls 2. And so that has been the plan. I restarted my file because I just wanted to start fresh. I was was wondering whether or not I had picked the right class or, Mm -hmm. like, statted my character correctly, uh, whether I had screwed myself based on the area of the game I was in. So I uh, uh, restarted and have since gotten past the point that I was at. Um, I realized that the place I was stuck in was like didn't actually lead anywhere. So So do you <sighs> remember in Dark Souls 2 how in like the first area of the game you get attacked by Armor or Dennis? He's like a he's an invading spirit. Uh but it's like a scripted event. It's not like an actual um human character.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's like one of the scripted. Oh yeah, isn't that the yeah. It's, in, it's like in that side area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, of the, forest. in the forest of fallen giants, or yes. whatever, or in the. Yes. Okay, I know what you're so talking. So I remember
0: about. initially when I had first played the game, I every time he would appear, I didn't realize that it was scripted. And so when I was playing Demon Souls, whenever I would get, uh, or Dark Souls, when I was getting invaded, I would just exit the game. Uh-huh. I'm, I was just like is, it all saves you know I just like right yeah you know, fuck I want to deal here. with this yeah, yeah I'm like I don't want to fight against real humans because they're just impeding my progress on a solo playthrough um and I understand that you know people do it for world tendency and like and trophies and stuff but I just want to no know part of it so with Dark Souls 2 I was like okay I'll employ the same strategy and so every time I ran into armor or Dennis I was like no fuck off I, I'd i <laughs> <laughs> and so I think the reason that I got that I got myself turned off from it and never went back is because I didn't realize that Armor Adenos was a was an AI. I thought yeah. he was just a real person. So this time, when Armor Adenos showed up, I was like, "Okay, bring it on!" And I fucking whooped his ass. Nice. So, <laughs> so now I have actually gotten past uh, the forest. Uh, I tried to fight the pursuer a number of times because I'm pretty sure that it, like if I just like play the fight perfectly then I can do it. Like I've gotten him down to like half of his health a couple of times, but I'm just going to come back when I have higher stats. Yeah, uh, I I think
1: his his fight is one of the few where you have to you have to execute all of your dodges perfectly. Yeah. Uh because that's like all you can do in that fight is just yeah. like dodge out of the way read his attacks but he's definitely like once you know all of his attacks you're like oh okay yeah I'll just dodge this way on this one this way on this one and then you know use the window but yeah if you're not if you have to chip him away it's definitely becomes a battle of um uh, like stamina over mm-hmm. like ability because eventually you you're just you mentally you get fatigued you you get mentally fatigued
0: yeah and uh, it's he's weird too because sometimes when you dodge his attacks like he will hit you and i feel like i'm like huh weird that that hit me but i guess i'll like take a moment to to like heal but you really have to pick your moments to heal because right. if yeah. you stop for more than a second he will just like deal two-thirds of your health in a couple of swings uh, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm playing a swordsman which is the same class that i picked the first time uh but i am uh, i guess going at it with a Better mindset, like focusing more on what the strengths are. I like looked up a couple of tips, uh, just to kind of get my head around it a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm in the uh, the next area, the Tower of Flames. Um, nice. So I am uh, about to fight the Dragon Rider, I think. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, dra- I'm having uh, I'm having more fun with it this time.
1: <laughs> Dragon uh, Rider
0: a piece of cake in comparison to the Pursuer. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> So I've heard. Apparently he's really easy if you like activate those two switches, which I did, so. Yeah. Um so yeah. That's where I'm at. That's what I've been doing. Um but moving on to the main topic, which is Assassin's Creed 3. Oh boy. So Derek, when was uh when was the last time you played Assassin's Creed 3? I played it on launch, I believe. So that was 2012, right? Yeah, cuz that was yeah. right when the uh you know, whole end of the world zeitgeist right. was yeah. upon us. Which is was quite fitting. Yeah, with the whole plot line and everything. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, do you remember <laughs> do you remember like what your what your perception of it was? What how did you how did you like it?
1: Uh, I I want to say I liked it at the at the time. Um, I really liked the I liked the story. I thought they did a good job with that. Uh, I liked the new characters for the most part. I kind of I think Connor was one of those characters where at first I didn't really like him, and then I kind of did. And then like in past, I'm like, ah, oh, he's not that bad. Um, but yeah. Uh,
0: and then, Probably, and then my my follow up question to that is how have those opinions changed over the last, you know, 9 years?
1: Yeah. Uh this is this would be an interesting one to revisit uh, cuz it it definitely right back this was the first time again that or the second time that they were like, "All right, we're going to change up the formula just a tad yeah. in this one and we're going to add some new mechanics, you know, maybe remove some outdated ones." And yeah, each uh, so it was uh, kind
0: of exciting. Yeah, each Assassin's Creed game in the franchise up to this point has taken some sort of iterative step uh where yeah. they like keep adding stuff and like add new ideas and you know, change some change some bugs, change some quality of life um, you know, aspects. Um and but this one I think has taken the furthest leap out of all of the games so far, maybe with the exception of one to two, because two added just like yeah. you know, fundamental necessary mechanics to, like, make it a, a video game. But this one, like, just kind of, I feel like they just had a dartboard and they were, like, throwing darts at it, but they just, you know, threw darts until they hit everything on the board because right. they just add so much to this game. Uh, They like to call the, the first four games open-world games, but I feel that this is the first one that really has any right to be an, an open-world game with the Frontier region. uh uh-huh. Um Yeah. So we should, I guess we should mention that this game takes place in colonial America. Uh, you take part in the Revolutionary War uh, and then the years uh, after it. Um, yep. So a lot of the, uh, you know, areas in this game are like colonial Boston, colonial New York, the uh, kind of untamed wilderness of the, you know, pre-United States, United States, and uh, and so it's it's a pretty you know cool setting for a for a game all things considered you know I really like exploring history especially history that I am you know more familiar more uh, mm-hmm. tied to because this is you know we live right, a, yeah. we live you know an hour away from Boston so it's it's pretty cool I I remember actually at one point trying to look at the map and being like where is Rhode Island here where am I mm-hmm. like am I near where I actually live so right yeah it's, I want to uh, do you, uh, I don't remember at all, but do you think at one point, like, is Providence even mentioned or like? I don't f- think so, right? Because yeah. the, the the
1: frontier does it like the frontier area is like it's just New like Hampshire, n- Mass. Woods, yeah. And so like, pr- pr- at Providence at this point was just like the uh Providence, like the plantations. I think, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't like it wasn't really a notable. I don't think it was a notable place, at least for like re- re- revolutionary yeah, I war mean, wise. It, if you
0: think about it, it really still isn't. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, when you get off planes, they say you're landing in Providence when you're really landing in TF Green and Warwick.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, just because
0: Providence <laughs> is the only thing that people know from Rhode Island. Um, but that's beside the point. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so colonial America is a really cool uh, location to explore, and the frontier region of the game is kind of where they explore that the most. Where, you know, Connor is a Native American; he's the character you play as through the majority of the game. You also play uh, as as Haytham, his father, and and on, in the opening hours of it. Yeah. Um. And so a lot of the I guess, draw of this game, a lot of the selling, uh, you know, material that they were using was, like, you get to run around and free run in trees and go hunting for, you know, animals and, uh, you know, go collect treasures that are just scattered around the wilderness and everything. And -hmm. uh, and all of that was really cool. Um, So this is really, and, like, in order to get from location to location, you do have to, like, you know, ride or run through the frontier a number of times uh so i like that they tried to do it the problem is there's no point and that is uh i think something (laughs) that i will retread on many times throughout this episode is that sure they added a lot of mechanics to this game they added so many like collectibles and side missions like there's this whole like uh freaking uh what's it called the um the like the homestead stuff, the trading, that's what I was thinking, yeah. the trading yep. yeah. uh, missions, where you can, like, it, it's, like, all interconnected, but it has no bearing on the story or, like, your gameplay. As far as I know, there's no, like, benefit to your character. You don't get stronger by doing it. So, there's just so many mechanics that have, like, no impact whatsoever. So Right.
1: Like, They're kind of just, like, added as things to do
0: yeah it's like you in can, the open world you can do them but there's no reason to do them so that was like yeah, yeah. It was, i feel it was like very weird you know mm-hmm.
1: this is this is like the point in in ubisoft's like history where there starts to become like this cookie cutter experience with their open world games mm-hmm. uh this was definitely i think the first i think when did, th- like, it was this game and... What, like Far Cry 3? Far Far Cry 3, which came out the same year. Oh, that, boy. Like, this, it, yeah, this was the beginning of the, uh, the Ubisoft open world
0: <laughs> era. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Which still is going on. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, hey, clearly it's been working in some capacity because they just keep doing it.
1: Uh uh-huh. um,
0: but yeah I mean the open world was it was ambitious for sure but like I said there's not really a lot like there's a lot to do in it but it's you know what's the point of doing that stuff and I looked up the uh, like the, the I always look up their completion requirements to know if I wasted my time or not because uh, mm-hmm. I always start out all of these games trying to get a hundred percent and trying to do as much as possible but in, like I always get maybe a quarter of the way through before I decide that this isn't actually worth anything. And mm. I, getting 100% sync in this game gets you Altair's outfit, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then the other thing it.
0: that I have to remember is that the rewards for getting 100% sync in pretty much all of the Assassin's Creed games so far uh, are like costumes or things that only impact you if you are still playing the game, which if you've completed the story, why are you still playing the game? Especially, right. you know, you know, 10 years later when like, cause there was this, no, was it, is it, this or Revelations that was the first one to have multiplayer? Cause this had an uh, online brother, mode.
1: Brotherhood. Was I it think, Brotherhood? Was Either yeah. way.
0: They have, yeah, this is in that weird era where they're like, there are like multiplayer modes in single player games. The Last of Us had one with factions.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: That came out the year after this, but uh, this had the, they have like some like assassination multiplayer mode where you like assassinate other people uh so unless you're playing that you know concurrently then why i don't like the right the, what's the point rewards don't really mean anything so i always decide to stop because they're never worth it uh <laughs> so again the only reason to do any side objective is for the sake of doing it there are a number of of homestead missions because your main base is in the frontier. It's like this big kind of, maybe not a mansion per se, but like a house. And so you do missions to, you build up like this village, this community and, and you do, uh, you know, acquire every side mission you do adds like a new thing or upgrades something you upgrade. Like you get like a, like a farmer or whatever. And like a, a blacksmith or like you get like fishermen and, and all of that kind of translates back to, uh, like being able to upgrade not even your weapons like you can just get new like customization options more trading options and the trading Mm -hmm. is just like a whole another thing um but it's just like it's so overbearing the amount of side objectives that are in this game that i just didn't even pay attention to them so i'm sure there's more things i'm forgetting uh i just (laughs) didn't didn't bother because there's just there's too much
1: there's a lot yeah. Does did the trading matter for upgrading your gear or I don't think so. buying
0: gear or something? I, he, okay. Here's the other thing. I didn't buy or upgrade my gear at all through the entirety of the game. As soon as they like, they because there's a lot of tutorials too, since there are right, so many yeah. mechanics. So like, as soon as they tutorialized the shop for me, I like didn't set foot in another shop for the rest of the game. Like, I was just able to complete the game with
1: with yeah the with whatever you have equipment. You know? It must not. I I this might have been like the first game where like think that stuff didn't matter for some reason. Yeah, and it well, was like wait a second. The like... trilogy,
0: you know, they're, they put so much, uh, you know, prominence on, uh, you know, upgrading your weapons, and it was a very like you know right, satisfying right. loop in two specifically where you would get to a new town, go to the new shop, get a new. You know, set of weapons to see what they had to do more damage, but it seemed like with this, maybe it was because I found, you know, because the one of the I think cooler side objectives to do is getting the peg leg trinkets, which uh, are the this game's equivalent of the assassin tombs from previous Hmm. games, where you collect enough trinkets and this guy peg leg will give you a map, and then this game introduced uh, naval. Yeah, the naval well. stuff, the, the yeah. ships which will come back into focus in four um but so then you'd go take your ship to like a distant island you know somewhere in the uh in central america or south america usually uh and you would go explore like these ruins and then find a piece of treasure which was the one of the coolest parts of the game honestly um but i pretty early on i found one that was captain kidd's sword uh and so I just use that for the rest of the game, basically. Yeah, you know. And the game that. <laughs> and outside of your basic weapons, the game also gives you so many different ways to fight enemies that I just never found the need to upgrade anything. Like you have uh you know, hidden daggers, you have your uh like throwing knives, you have a bow and arrow, you have a gun which yeah. you just get from the beginning of the game. You have your hatchet, you have a sword, you have, like, a short knife. There's just so much. You have, like, there's traps stuff. and bombs and shit. Like, there's just so much in this game. And I think that's this game's biggest flaw is that it just tries to do so much. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it not only mechanics-wise, but, like, narratively. Like, the fact that this game is the end of Desmond's story, but also has to introduce two playable characters it just doesn't mesh together you know because I feel like it would have been so narratively fitting for Desmond's story and Ezio's story to end at the same time right but instead we have to have this entire leg of the narrative where Desmond is you know trying to figure out how to prevent the end of the world uh but we also have to go through introducing Haytham and introducing Connor and like exploring their interpersonal uh relationship it just doesn't really work you know and
1: like before this going or going into this game you would have you would have expected like oh this is the end of the like of Assassin's Creed this is like this yeah. is going to be the end of the Assassin's Creed trilogy whatever you know five games whatever so it w- yeah it was kind of weird to introduce uh Particularly, like Hatham was like an interesting character. I agree. Uh, I I would have rather played as uh, I I would have loved a game that um, you played as a Templar. You mm-hmm. know, the whole time. I mean, they and... do that eventually,
0: right? Right. Rogue. Yeah, with is it? Uh,
1: Rogue. Well, he he's like an ex-Templar, technically. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Just like like thinking narratively, it would have been cool to have uh, Desmond's final. You know, and his journey to. And, you know, whatever ends with him learning about the other side and Mm -hmm. their view on everything. But I think by this point, they were kind of stuck to their guns with the idea that, well, it's the the Templars are the bad guys and the Assassins are the good guys. And like some games, they try to tread the moral... Gray yeah. in between. I, I mean, I don't,
0: they, that's the thing. They do about, a little bit
1: in this one yeah, with their father-son the relationship.
0: The uh, the opening of this game specifically was one of my favorite parts of it. You know, I would yeah. say for maybe the first five hours of this game, I was like, this is my favorite game in the series for a, for yeah. a, that brief moment because you know, I was out of the gate like it was paced really well. It was directed really well. Uh, you know, outside of the narrative stuff, it automatically mapped the PS4 controls correctly. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I was stoked about that. The, all of the free running felt really smooth. Everything felt natural, you know, uh, and then getting into the character stuff. And it, I guess it sucks that I already knew the twist, but the yeah. opening hours of the game are really cool with Haytham. You know, Haytham is a cool character. Uh, he clearly has his own, you know, set of morals and in a code or whatever, and you have no reason to not, you know, believe that he's an assassin, right? Like you are yeah. playing as Desmond, you know, controlling Haytham, uh, So, you know, you're, you have the, essentially the same lens as Desmond does. You know, you have no reason to assume that he's not an assassin, uh, right, but right. then you start, you know, playing through and you're doing things that Ezio would have done. You're doing, you know, assassiny things that, you know, for the most part really Nothing that Hatham does is any different from anything that Ezio does. Yeah. Except at the end, at the end of his section, uh, Haytham, you know, welcomes Charles Lee into the Templar Order. And you're like, you're supposed to be a big reveal. And he's like, whoa, holy yeah. shit. You know, even, even Desmond goes like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, playing it on launch, it was like, holy shit. Like... You did not
1: expect, Yeah, it was a cool twist then.
0: Yeah, it was like, I really, really loved the blurring of the lines between yeah. Assassin and Templar in that moment. And it's like, it's supposed to be, I think, you know, thought-provoking. And I think it would have been more thought-provoking had we continued from Haytham's perspective. Oh, yeah. But instead, then it switches to Connor, who sucks. You know, I I said Ethan Winters was one of the worst video game protagonists ever. Well, Connor is definitely up there in my opinion, because <laughs> uh, oh boy, ba- oh boy, I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, it's like, so I guess we'll explain the story real quick. Uh, basically, Hatham is going to, uh, he's you know a British man, an Englishman who is going to the the colonies to find this cave uh because you know apples of eden hidden power or whatever all pretty much the same thing that's been going on in the assassins creed series up to this point uh and in doing so he kind of you know works for the templars first and the the kingdom second so he kind of fucks around with the you know british uh, army a little bit you know frees some native american captives uh in doing so meets one native american woman whose name i do not remember uh and he and her team up in a number of missions to kind of foil the the british people's plans and then they uh conceive a child uh that child ends up being connor um and then uh it's revealed that haytham is one of the templars so from there we switch perspectives to uh to connor and it kind of goes through a flash flashbacks of his life, uh, from different mm-hmm. periods. Uh, you know, one where he's a small child, one where he's like a young teen. And then it f- goes to like where he's a young adult. So Connor, uh, lives. He basically, after, uh, they conceived Connor hate and, and Connor's mother pretty much, uh, you know, broke ties. They didn't really communicate after that, at least yeah. from what I've gathered, uh, this part of the narrative gets a little bit shaky because it's told in chunks, so we don't really have any information to fill in those gaps. Right. Um, but the the next like big moment was supposed to be uh, Connor and his friends are playing hide-and-seek in the woods. Uh, And they get found slash attacked by Charles Lee and Hathem's other like officers or whatever, Uh, you know, which is supposed to be like this inciting incident. It's creating an enemy for Connor. And while they capture Connor, Connor gets knocked out. Uh, And then when he wakes up, his village is on fire uh, and his mother dies. Uh, And there was a nice touch in this in this moment, I will say, where they give you an action command, which they have been doing. Ubisoft is known to do. Um, And they give you an action command to, like, lift the burning wood off of his mother. But no matter how many times you press it, nothing happens. So, yeah. And, like, that's a a neat touch. Um, And so Connor's mother dies. And then uh, from then, what happens? Uh, The village elder has an apple of Eden. uh, And so, like, she like lets Connor interact with it or whatever, and Connor gets this vision from one of the ancients, one of the Isu, uh Minerva or the other one. Juno. Juno One of the two. One of the two. I don't remember which is which. Um And that that the Juno basically tells him to like she like gives him purpose i guess like she basically tells him like go seek out the assassin order because you're an assassin uh and go find like this one guy and so that's exactly what he does um and so he finds um shit what's that guy's name
1: achilles davenport
0: yes achilles (laughs) that's right uh and so he goes and finds Achilles, who is, like, this uh, old, retired assassin who lives uh, by himself in the homestead. Uh, and he trains Connor up uh, to to be an assassin. Uh, and then from there, Connor basically uh, ventures into Boston... Um, gains allies in the revolution and helps in the revolutionary war. And it's supposed to be built up as if Connor was a major player, you know, major hidden, Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like something else that does it because I'm pretty sure there is something that does. Um, but it's like, it's supposed to be like, Oh yeah. Connor is actually secretly been one of the pushing factors for this entire piece of history that we know
1: yeah like right he like goes on the ride with paul revere uh, yep. it's like and he's like part of the boss massacre
0: yeah <laughs> and he was like one of the major uh contributing factors to like a certain battle or whatever and, and then yeah. the, the general is like we could not have done it without you you know <laughs> so <laughs> it, but it, it was just it was it was very weird um you know, vibe to put on it. Uh, yeah, but especially, from especially
1: I feel like in the previous games, Ezio and Altair's influence on like events is very minimal. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's kind of there at the same time as some things are happening. Yeah. Whereas like Connor's, yeah, Connor founded the United States of America.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Like he was in <laughs> Connor was in the room when they signed the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Uh, and so kind of throughout this whole time, Connor is, uh one-by-one assassinating uh, the initial, like, you know, Haytham's group of generals, right? Uh, With Charles Lee really being the one big bad of it since Mm -hmm. Charles Lee was the leader of the raid that killed Connor's mother. Um, And so uh, it is played up throughout the entire game that Haytham is supposed to be kind of the one behind it all, right? Because they work under Hatham. But it's eventually revealed that Charles Lee kind of plays by his own rules and Hatham mm-hmm. like didn't even know that, uh, Connor's mom died, let alone that Charles Lee burnt their village to the ground. Yeah. Um, and so, um, in the end, Charles Lee ends up being like the big bad. Right. Uh, and so Connor kills all of them, including Haytham. Uh, and then from there, I don't remember what what does Connor do? Connor nothing, right? Like he kind of just exists. The whole point, I guess, was to set up Desmond because Desmond on the on the other side of it is kind of looking for the same thing that Haytham was, which is like yeah, this, it's this like, one like a key or cave. something. Yeah, yeah, like they have a key that needs to go into this cave so that they can like interact with some ancient technology and stop the end of the world or whatever. It's very messy. Yeah. Um. And so like. I have a lot of problems with this story if it wasn't clear (laughs) the main one being that like connor's entire purpose is just this god told me to do this Uh there's no like other than killing the men that killed his mother which i get like him becoming an assassin all of that all of it was just because like minerva or whoever was like hey you gotta do this. You gotta go do yeah. this. Because destiny or some bullshit. Right, right. You know? That part always didn't really, you know, mesh with me well. I feel like this. One of the things that bothered me the most, too, was when, like, in between, like, cutscenes or whatever, or, like, at the beginning of new memory sequences, Connor would, like, give these big expository dumps to Desmond. Like,. It's like Connor was acting as a narrator but yeah like it's but like clearly speaking to uh, to the player almost ignoring that like they're that we're playing as Desmond at all. It was really weird. Um and so he would do that but then also through the memory sequences there would be like time skips. Um mm-hmm. and they would almost play with the information during those time skips as if it was ubiquitous and that like everybody already knew it and that we should know it. Like the first time that Hatham and Connor as an adult man uh, actually interact on screen together, it is implied that they have already interacted with each other several times up to that point in the story. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what has this been building up to then? Right. Yeah. You know, and then they also talk uh, of events that had happened years prior between memory sequences as if they had just happened. Like, I believe in between like memory sequence six and seven, for example, like they had just killed someone or just like gone to the town or done a battle or something. And in the beginning of the next sequence, they were just like, Oh yeah. When we just did that thing. And I'm like, that was two years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it was, it was like very messy with the chronology and the like order of things. Um so the story didn't really land for me in any any aspects really. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was uh it was just a mess. And the Desmond stuff was weird too. They would like often take breaks from the from the Connor stuff to make you play through the this section as Desmond. Like you know how I was saying that they Originally, we're going to have a game where you just play as Desmond as like right, a lot of yeah, yeah. and I feel like they tried to shoehorn all of those ideas into this game because there yep. are several sections where you are Desmond and you go to like a foreign country and you're like you know uh scaling a skyscraper, which is cool in theory, but I also like don't care about the events enough. Because, like, there's one, there's, like, one moment where, and, like, you're collecting pieces of Eden or whatever, and there's one moment where you, like, encounter Warren Vidic who hasn't been a character since, like, the first game. Yeah. And so, it's, like, and then you kill him. And I'm, like, this has no, like, you know, weight right now. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Because that story is so disjointed and, and like, far apart. Yeah. Like, none of it, it, no one ever cared about it and that just that i think it's it's easy to forget about the flaws of connor's story because of how prevalent the flaws in desmond's story are and how just like that like i don't remember any i don't remember much about connor's story because all i can think about is how dumb the end of Desmond's story was.
0: Yeah, and the <laughs> ending is pretty dumb too. After you finish Connor, uh, there is like probably another hour of Desmond stuff where yeah. you have to like, you know, parkour around in the cave that you're in or whatever, and then there's the whole ending cutscene where Desmond like, like interact like the like Juno and Minerva are basically two opposing factors of the ISU thread. Where, like Minerva wants Desmond to like see I don't even remember like it was so it was so like hastily thrown together and it plays with a lot of factors from the story that were like like thrown at you but not really drilled in so mm-hmm. like like they they want you to do different things, and eventually I think like Desmond decides to basically Desmond sacrifices himself uh. And I don't remember what happens after that.
1: Um, so the, I have the Wikipedia page, right? So the whole thing, yeah. is that if so, if he activates the thing and prevents the solar flare, uh, which is gonna what's gonna blow up the world or whatever, uh-huh. destroy uh, Juno will be freed, right? And, and so Minerva comes in and is like, "Don't." it's going to free her and she's going to like conquer humanity. And this is actually reading, this is answering some questions I had with Valhalla. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So then he does, and Juno is like, thank you. And like, pieces out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Desmond dies.
0: Right. But then Desmond, there's like a little brief cut scene after where Desmond is kind of revered as like this hero or something. Yeah. Uh, which, doesn't make sense because everything that he's done so far has been from the shadows and you know, it's supposed to be in secret. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody has any, like should have no knowledge of the, the things that he's done. Any of this. Yeah. And so it's like also Desmond's dad was there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And they had this like really weird father son relationship that wasn't really built up before then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Desmond's dad was in revelations, but we never really like saw the two interact. Um, So it was just, it was really weird. You know, this game just, it has a lot of ideas and tried to do all of them and kind of in doing that, messed up all of them. Like, there's no one area, I think, where this game really, like, shines, you know? Yeah. Even as an iteration, you know, a new game in a franchise, a continuation, a sequel like there's a lot of kind of wish wash with like facial models even like yeah it's in theory supposed to be the newest technology the newest highest quality facial rendering but like half the facial models in this game look like garbage (laughs) you you know and this is the Mm -hmm. remastered version that i played yeah Um, yeah okay so
1: yeah um, i this is it's another one of the like things where I think if if Revelations kind of, you started to see the impact of the yearly development cycle, and I think with this one, because it was, like, I'm pretty sure the development of 3 started after 2, and so this game was being developed at the same time that Brotherhood and Revelations were being developed, so it doesn't, it, like, has this, like, side- tracked development that makes it like they were like oh shit you did this and that oh we got to throw those in this game because yeah, yeah, yeah. you did that and like that's uh that was like I, games that have these side-by-side developments this is like the stuff that happens um yeah i know like one of the most prevalent probably other instances of this was uh the like the destiny franchise where they were developing the second game of the franchise while another team was finishing off the end of the original game and we're adding all these cool new features at the end of that game's life. Uh-huh. And then the second game had none of those features. And it was like, because they had gone in a completely different direction yeah, and it was like very jarring. And that's, I think that's where this game, like three has that same thing. I think the next game that probably has it is unity oh boy. Uh, where you can clearly sit, tell like there's this whole other team doing something completely different with the assassin's creed franchise. And so you jump from, like four to unity, two you know revelations to three. It it feels disjointed. It like some ask you're like, why did they do all of this? Well, it's probably because you know, in revelations they added this stuff and they were like, hey, we did this stuff. Can you guys add it to three? And they were like, sure, we'll throw it in.
0: Yeah. And there was just there, it was just too much for it. You know. Yeah. Uh, there's and a lot of I think the not only do are the like side objectives and like just the stuff they threw in mostly meaningless but even the things you would assume are more necessary more significant inclusions are pretty way pretty much wastes of your time like the fast travel system uh i don't know if you remember <laughs> the way the fast travel works in this game is that you can fast travel but in order to do that you have to unlock the fast travel spots by going yeah, through uh, the underground yep. tunnels in Boston. Yep. Uh, and New York, you have to do it twice if you in those two cities. Um, and that's a really cool idea, because I like exploring underground tunnels just as a concept. The problem is that the amount of time that it takes you... Because those tunnels are in the dark, you have to unlock... Like, like, if the light torches to physically be able to right, see. Right, yeah. And then you have to, there's like sometimes guard station down there. There's like puzzles you have to figure out. Uh, the amount of time it takes you to actually unlock all the fast travel stations is probably the same, if not longer, than actually just walking to where you need to go. Right. So <laughs> I was just like, what is the point? Like, what? And the thing is, like, I spent a couple hours, you know. Uh, unlocking all the fast travel points, and I'm, and at the end of it, I was just like, "Why did I do that? Right, you know, right, I should yeah. just I should have just Spend ran to where I need to go." Yeah. Uh, so this game has a lot of pacing problems. You know, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, I already I already talked about the kind of you know knowledge sharing thing. Uh, the kind of uh, disillusionment of time and just chronology in general. Um, but, and then the Desmond stuff obviously breaks it up. Um, so really the only way that I would even recommend playing this game is if you just do the story missions. Like, yeah, just avoid, other, yeah, everything else is, just it. wastes your time unless you really enjoy running around the frontier and doing action commands to skin wolves, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like man that's all you got (laughs) yeah and there's a lot of stuff to collect too there's feathers again in this game there's the almanac pages which you know cool you meet ben franklin you know Mm -hmm. know, a lot of and i feel like this game more than the others is the novelty game for like meeting characters and yeah the history hanging out with leonardo da vinci was awesome because the fictional version of leonardo was a great character uh but also because of the recognizability of Leonardo da Vinci. But in this game especially because you know a large majority of the people playing it are, you know, people from the United States. So this is like stuff that we grew up learning in schools. Right. So like they just threw Benjamin Franklin in there. He doesn't really have any weight on the story, but you can collect his almanac pages and then like you there's like a cutscene where you talk to him, you know.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's like fan service stuff. Like Yeah, exactly
0: we're just gonna throw these in here so people can be like
1: oh it's that guy that we read about in in grade school kind of thing exactly Uh,
0: but yeah so this game just does way (laughs) too much basically is the uh the main takeaway uh and then connor is a whiny bitch all he does is is moan about everything and like Complain to everybody, but for some reason he they still paint him as like this like stand up guy, and for mm. some reason like all the revolutionaries just like like him immediately and are friends with them, and they're like, oh yeah, I know this really cool guy Connor, he can help you out, and I'm like, all he did was like be a a dick to you. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm I'm I guess I'm I'm disappointed because I initially. Really liked this game. Like when I first started, the everything felt smooth. All of the new animations for like getting assassinations are sick. Cause yeah. The there's like this one where he like like grabs one dude and like or like he like piles two guys on a sword or whatever. He'll do like these drive-by double kills where like you stab one guy turn around stab another one and just keep walking and it was like it's really awesome uh there's like fighting with the tomahawk was cool you know mm-hmm. um but there's too much too much uh i guess garbage on top to to really get me to <laughs> to like it you know yeah 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 i, also, I do
1: remember the combat being like a good a good thing about it, especially like the new animations and yeah, uh, I mean, the it was multiple fine. tools you had, but
0: it was I think it like combines aspects of previous games, I think similar to Assassin's Creed one, it is kind of a counter fest where I was basically yeah. just waiting to hit the counter button uh, and then but at, you add that on top of the kill streaks that were introduced in like brotherhood, um yeah, so. Yeah. After I got one counter, I would then just be able to kill, like, four guys in a row. Right, um, yeah. Which, I guess, helped, because I hated just waiting around to counter people in Assassin's Creed 1, so this <laughs> at least sped it up a little bit. Uh, similar to Assassin's Creed 1, though, this one had a pretty dumb notoriety system where, like, guards will see me from fuck wherever, you know? Uh, I guess in this game it made a little more sense, but the thing that bothered me about it was that there were just guards everywhere like in yeah. assassin's creed one guards would just see you from far away but in this there's just so many guards like you can't go around a corner without seeing a group of six of them and so getting into a fight with any of them basically means that like you know two seconds after you're done fighting two more guards are going to walk around the corner right like i'm pretty right. sure in one instance i was like i was fighting guards for maybe like a half hour straight because i would fight a group of them 10 more would show up. I would kill all of them. And then as soon as that was over, two more guards would like actually spawn. Like they would spawn around the corner, walk around the corner, see me in the pile of dead bodies and initiate combat. And there was nowhere for me to hide. So I had to fight them. And then 15 more guards would show up. And, oh dude, it was, it was infuriating. (laughs) Like it, it would just take like, you know, 15, 45 minutes sometimes to like, just get clear of guards. Yeah, uh, and they reduce the amount of ways that you can like reduce your notoriety. Like I believe the only real way was to like bribe officials. Yeah, uh, the, right. There's not like
1: the, the the posters you can rip down, or there weren't posters.
0: Can, no, yeah. I mean, if there were, they were like far fewer. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, it was very frustrating at times. They also like throw similar to old. You know, Assassin's Creed games—they just throw in different random gameplay mechanics in general. Like, there's this one section where you're like fighting a uh, a battle, and you have to like operate a stationary cannon and and like yeah. shoot at dudes, uh, which was like cool, I guess. Actually, I just remembered—the coolest part about this game is all of the board games you can play in it, because a lot of them are like these old colonial board games I've never heard of. That it's like, okay, this was what they did for fun back then. Which yeah is, and it was really awesome, but you could also play chess and checkers, you know uh you could there was um i was trying I don't remember the names of them, but like there's the one where it's like a grid of it's like a three by three grid and you can um but each like ring of the grid, if that makes sense is like it's like a ring and you can move along the ring with your like, yeah with yeah your pieces and the object is to it's like checkers where you have to jump over your pe- the enemy pieces. I don't rem I don't really know how to describe it very well, but
1: I, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't yeah. remember what it's called.
0: Yeah, you can also play like Canasta and like the one uh where there's one where it's like a re- a large board of dots uh and you have like pieces on the board and the objective is you get you take your opponent's pieces off of the board when you move towards them and when you move away from them. Uh, and so you have to be the last one to have pieces on the board, and that one was really fun. It was really fun learning like these new board games because I love yeah. board games. All in in the game. Yeah, and so there was like there were there were dudes where you could like play against them basically forever, and you could like wager on them, and that was cool. Yeah. Um, but again, that stuff had no bearing on you know the the story. It's not like if you if you beat this dude in checkers, you get a nice piece of armor. You just Get clout, I guess. Like you, right, there was just yeah. no, no point. Get some money it. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why would I spend two hours playing checkers in Assassin's Creed when I could play two hours of checkers in real life? <laughs> you know. So. Anyway. Uh, I guess that will bring us to the the rating of it, Derek. Um, oh yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. if you have any, you know, prevalent thoughts on it, but I'm gonna give it a two out of five, which is what I gave it in my GG app review. Um, sticking with it. Cause what did you
1: give the first
0: one? Also a two. Also a two. I am. I've been f- f- kind of going back and forth in my mind which one I think is better. Yeah. Um, and it's honestly a toss-up. You know, I want to say this one just because some of the game, like a lot of the gameplay mechanics, are more polished right Uh, they the the, like the story isn't really any better than the first one i think altair is a slightly more compelling character than connor uh at least his like his peril and his arc are more compelling yeah um they make a little bit more sense um i would give assassin's creed three points for the setting just being in colonial america is cool mm. um but there's just there's just way too much in assassin's creed 3 for me to yeah. to care it, about it
1: it definitely seems like out of out of all the games so far
0: one and three have not aged well no they have not <laughs> so like yeah i would say like i would say like you know it's not a it's not a bad game it's just a messy game mm-hmm uh so i would say play it if you really like assassin's creed but even then there's other there's better options you know if you're doing if you're doing exactly what i'm doing and playing through all of them then yeah do it but like it's just it was pretty painful at times
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, well
1: well now you get to move on and play the the The... uh, possibly best in the series yeah according Uh... to some
0: According to many, at least top three, right?
1: At least, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, at least top three. Um, definitely for me. Yeah. Um. Well, you said it's your favorite, right? Yeah, it's my it's my favorite of all the games. Yeah. Um, It's just, yeah, it's.
0: Pirates, man! It definitely good pirate game from what I've heard. Will
1: improve upon
0: a lot of your qualms with uh, 3. I hope so. So the uh, the fun thing about Assassin's Creed 4 is back in the day uh, when I would hang out with my friends from school, my friend would bring over his Xbox. And so I used to... I had played the opening to Assassin's Creed 4 like a couple of times on his Xbox. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope that it... Um, that it you know leaves a better taste in my mouth than than this, you know they're done with the Desmond story, there's no more Desmond after Great. this, so that uh that portion of the narrative that focus of the game is not Gone. something that we have to worry about anymore, so I'm hoping that that allows them to do a little more creatively with the part that's actually in the animus, the meat of the game we're actually playing, so
1: yeah, I don't think you uh leave the animus very many times or well technically you're not in the animus i think uh you don't go to the modern day very many times right because you're just playing as like a
0: nameless abstergo employee
1: yeah and it's all like first person yeah like you're just walking around in first person so it's it's one and it's one of those things where it's like if you want to take the time to like learn about what the hell is actually going on you can do that, yeah. or if you just want to complete the sequences as fast as you can, you can do that. And there's not a lot
0: stopping you, which is nice. Yeah. 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 I'm really excited because I hope I hope it is the best one in the series. I only want to play good video games. In theory, um, <laughs> I want all I want all games to be good. As much as I like to complain about the bad ones.
1: <laughs> right. You want? Yeah. We want the games to be good. Just sometimes they're bad.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um. Well. Uh we're not going to do trivia today because it's just me and Derek so that would be pretty pointless <laughs> I'd just be asking Derek questions um also because I forgot to even think about it Right yeah um but you know if we have a second person on the Assassin's Creed episodes in the future then maybe we'll do it I'll probably do some some form of it for the Zelda series uh but unless you do you have any at uh, least
1: with with that with like the zelda series stuff uh you could like someone else can do the trivia like jeff or i could do the trivia whatever you know yeah, Like right. someone who's not involved can just make trivia for you guys yeah but like nobody uh, else here
0: knows much about assassin's creed right from yeah what, what we know <laughs> so until then uh do you have any any closing thoughts derek uh
1: no i'm just uh excited to hear your thoughts on four whenever you get to it yeah
0: see you in a year yeah. Right. Uh <laughs> um yeah, I mean hey, I'm not I haven't really been playing any uh any games recently other than Dark Souls, so maybe I'll uh maybe I'll boot it up today or tomorrow, give it a shot. See how much I get absorbed into it. The thing with Assassin's Creed games is they have such a um such a like cookie cutter like you said, like a defined gameplay loop where it's so easy to like just go step by step and play through it and like you know i'm um, today i'm gonna put on a podcast and get all of the yeah. the towers in this city right. or right like, you know play and, and like do go mission to mission the uh the structure of it is very uh sequential in in that regard so i can like it's yeah. easier to like play it from start to finish than it would be dark souls where i'm like okay where do i need to go now and like you know let me see if i can even beat this boss you know mm-hmm. but all right That'll do it. Assassin's Creed 3, two out of five, possibly the <laughs> worst one in the series so far. Uh, <laughs> until next time, we are thin.
1: See the key is so far...